Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning and they do a great job. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. She's up in Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife, Linda, who writes greetings from paradise, will be joining us as well. It is August the 24th, and on this day in 1814, during the War of 1812 between the United States and England, British troops entered Washington, D.C. and burned the White House in retaliation for the American attack on the city of York in Ontario, Canada in 1813. When the British arrived at the White House, they found that President James Madison and his First Lady Dolly had already fled to safety in Maryland. Soldiers reportedly sat down to eat a meal made of leftover food from the White House scullery using White House dishes and silver before ransacking the presidential mansion and setting it ablaze. According to the White House Historical Society, uh, the Dolly's personal letters, James Madison had uh, left the White House on August the 22nd to meet with his generals on the battlefield just as British troops threatened to enter the capital. Before leaving, he asked his wife Dolly if she had the courage or firmness to wait for his intended return the next day. He asked her to gather important state papers and be prepared to abandon the White House at any moment. The next day, Dolly, Dolly and a few servants scanned the horizon with what spyglasses, waiting for either Madison or the British Army to show up. As British troops gathered in the distance, Dolly decided to abandon the couple's personal belongings and instead saved a full-length portrait of former President George Washington from desecration. Dolly wrote to her sister on the night of August 23rd of the difficulty involved in saving the painting. Since the portrait was screwed to the wall, she ordered the frame to be broken and the canvas pulled out and rolled up. Two unidentified gentlemen from New York hustled it away for safekeeping. Unbeknownst to Dolly, by the way, the portrait was actually a copy of Gilbert Stewart's original. The task complete, Dolly wrote, and now, dear sister, I must leave this house or the retreating army will make me prisoner in it by filling up a road I am directed to take. Dolly left the White House and found her husband at their predetermined meeting place in the middle of a thunderstorm. Although President Madison and his wife were able to return to Washington only three days later when British troops were moved on, they never again lived in the White House. Madison served the rest of his term residing at the city's octagon house. It was not until 1817 that the newly elected President James Monroe moved back into the reconstructed building. I understand they also destroyed the Library of Congress, which was located in the White House, and of course is now being reconstructed. Just think about uh, those days, early America and the White House burning down. Amazing. Well, U.S. drug regulators on uh, yesterday approved the COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer and BioNTech for people 16 and older, making it the first such shot to receive full approval in the country. The Food and Drug Administration said the vaccine, which is known as Comirnaty, proved effective in clinical trial of approximately 44,000 people. The shot was 91% effective in preventing COVID-19 infection, 
regulators say, and also was effective in preventing severe disease and hospitalization. You know what's ironic about this is they didn't include the data from the quote-unquote Delta variant, whatever that is. So uh, those statistics are not included in this approval. That's kind of strange, isn't it? The trial continues in, uh, in centers in six different countries, including the United States, and the data cited was gathered through March 13th. Participants received either two doses of Pfizer shot or a placebo. FDA officials said they also reviewed safe data and uh, safety data and determined that the vaccine's known and potential benefits outweighed its known and potential risks, including side effects. At the first FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccine, the public can be confident that this vaccine meets the high standards for safety, effectiveness, and manufacturing quality the FDA requires of an approved product. Dr. Jane Janet Woodcock, the FDA's acting commissioner, said in a statement, while millions of people have already uh, safely received COVID-19 vaccines, we recognize that for some, the FDA approval of the vaccine may now instill additional confidence to get, get vaccinated. Today's milestone puts us one step closer to altering the course of this pandemic in the United States. I frankly am not reassured of the timing of this is, seems to be some, uh, somewhat coincidental with the need for kids going back to school and uh, for right now the Afghanistan debacle. So there's certainly this approval process is a lot different than drugs of the past. And basically the admonition is there's still some testing to do, but we're going to leave that up to Pfizer to conduct those tests. Very strange indeed. Some coincidence. Hmm. Well, President uh, Joe Biden on Monday said companies should now impose vaccination requirements. Today, I'm calling on more companies in the private sector to set up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you to do that now, Biden said in a White House statement. Require it. Do what I did last month. Require your employees to get vaccinated or face Strict requirements, he added. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so let's just bully the folks into doing what they may not want to do. I guess that's the point of view here. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki bristled Monday when asked by FNC's Peter Ducey about America stranded in Afghanistan. I think it's irresponsible to say that Americans are stranded. They are not, said Jen. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home, bring them home, he said. We've evacuated over 42,000 citizens. We are not going to abandon Americans who want to come home. It's irresponsible to say they're stranded, said Jen Pisaki. Well, I wonder if you ask the people who are in Afghanistan right now whether they feel stranded. I suspect they do. So, uh, actually, Jen Pisaki, your words ring hollow. I found this statement, a Prague newspaper, quote, hit the nail on the head. The danger to America is not Joe Biden, but a citizenry capable and trusting a man like him with the presidency. It will be far easier to limit and undo the follies of a Biden presidency than to restore the necessary common sense and good judgment to a depraved electorate willing to have such a man for their president. The problem is much deeper and far more serious than Mr. Biden, who is mere symptom of what ails America. Blaming the prince of the fools should not bind anyone to the vast confederacy of fools that make him the prince. The Republican survive Biden, but who is, after all, merely a fool? It's less likely to survive a multitude of fools, such as those who made him president. I think those words are absolutely true. 
Although the one mitigating factor, of course, is that <clears throat> the, this election that was so so-called won by Joe Biden I have serious questions about that. These audits continue. Hopefully, we'll find out this week what the results are from Maricopa County, and other audits continue. I suspect we'll find out that the Trump won the election hands down. When Representative Ron Kind, he's a Democrat in Wisconsin, announced August 10th that he would seek re-election, he became the eighth House Democrat to decide either to retire or seek a different office in November. That's 2022. Congress incumbents always start a re-election campaign with major advantages over challengers. About 90% of the incumbents uh, win those elections. So losing eight of them at this point is a political cycle, is a ringing alarm bells across Democrats and encouraging growth in Republican optimism. An August 19th analysis by the website 538 was among the loudest of the alarms, saying these departures are still an early warning for them, especially considering the Democrats hold a narrow 222 to 213 seat majority, meaning Republicans need a net gain of just five seats to capture the chamber. And to the fact that the historical trend of the White House incumbent party virtually always losing seats in the first off-year election after gaining the Oval Office and President Joe Biden's plunging public approval numbers, it's hard to disagree with 538's analysis. The NBC survey released on August 22nd found Biden's public approval rating falling below 50% for the first time since he took office, only seven months into his term, first term. Even more worrisome for Democrats is what the NBC survey uncovered on the public view of Congress, which is even lower. Well, the House Freedom Caucus called a press briefing regarding Democrats' wasteful spending plans amid the House's return to the Capitol on Monday. Members of the House Freedom Caucus laid out their perspective on both the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the $3.5 trillion budget. The group of Republicans slammed the Democrats over their push for wasteful spending in both bills by saying further discussion needed to take place before they were passed. Representative Chip Roy from Texas pointed out instead of the House reconvening and address the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, they came back to discuss social Democrat spending bills that would rack up national debt. Thousands of Americans are still on the outside of the gates looking to try to get into the airport in Afghanistan and Kabul, he said. Instead of having the conversations about what we can do to push this administration to do its job, we're here to spend $3.5 trillion. He basically said, hey, I don't get it. You're absolutely right. I don't know if this will have any impact on what's happening in Washington, D.C., but I think right now my instincts tell me that uh, Nancy Pelosi is losing her grip. Not sure these bills are going to pass. Could be just me, though. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board. And just one of the initiatives is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and the website is thefga.org. I hope you'll visit thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So I guess uh, right now we're seeing this uh, spread of the COVID uh, Delta variant gaining its traction here in Collier County and across the state of Florida. Any thoughts on that? Well, you know, like everyone else, it's concern- I'm concerned about it. Um, you know, we don't really know what the outcome of it is. It, obviously, it's a much more, um, uh, 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 it, it, whatever the word is. <laughs> it, everybody who, get it, who gets it gets sicker if they haven't been vaccinated. So we, we're in the middle of the vaccination debate, the mass debate. That's basically uh, taking up all the air in the room of everywhere I go. Uh, we're not talking about policy yet. Um, and, Everybody's talking about what is the outcome of COVID, and, and we've got to get this under control because it's, it's, it's impacting everybody's daily lives. Yeah, I think the governor's come up with a great strategy. He said to take some of the pressure off of hospitals. He's set up, setting up these uh, uh, monoclonal—I've forgotten the monoclonal word. Monoclonal antibody antibodies clinic, yeah. sites across the state. One now in Bonita Springs, which I'm pleased about. That most of them were on the East Coast before, but uh, right. this is, I think, pretty encouraging because it could keep people out of the hospital. Well, you know, the thing about it is, and I can speak from experience because um, back in, in January, 
I contracted COVID. Actually, my husband got it, and then I got it from him. And that, and we have been, we have been very careful. We were not eligible for the vaccine at that time because we were, uh, we were at that time we were just vaccinating people in nursing homes and the older folks. And so we got COVID, and um, our, our doctor recommended that we get the monoclonal antibodies, which we did. So we went to Naples Community Hospital. Uh, we had the infusions. Um, they, you know, it took about an hour. And it was painless. Uh, it was seamless. Uh, they couldn't have been more gracious. And it knocked the COVID out right away. We had no symptoms thereafter. And then I was able, even though I couldn't go back to the office until I tested negative a week later, I mean, I was working because I wasn't ill. Yeah. And I, you know, I am very supportive of that treatment because, and I'm hearing from people saying, oh, why didn't you get vaccinated or you wouldn't have had to have the treatment? I couldn't get vaccinated back then. Right. The other thing is people, uh, are, I just talked to a constituent last night who was vaccinated, was careful, wasn't around people, got COVID, and he's going to get the uh, monoclonal antibody because he doesn't want to get sicker. Right. And I, I think it's a very good uh, treatment for COVID. It worked for me and my husband, and uh, everybody that i talked to that's had it is very positive about it. Well, that's very encouraging because I've not talked to anyone who's basically had that therapy, which is just really, I think, encouraging. I'm just really pleased to hear you say that. Uh, a lot of people have decided not to get vaccinated. Of course, the president yesterday announced, or FDA announced, that they've now approved the vaccine for Pfizer. Right. And they're hopeful that this, the president's hopeful that this will create a lot more people who are willing to uh, uh, get the uh, vaccine. I don't know about that, but I am very pleased the governor is mitigating some of the concerns about going to the hospital if you do get it. Well, hopefully this will will do it because you, you don't need to do it in a hospital setting. And I think now they've um, even gotten the, the to the point where they can inject it in several shots. So it's, it's very simple. I mean, the infusion takes a little bit longer, but um, it worked for us. We're not taking up a bed in the hospital. And my husband is immunocompromised, so he could have gotten very sick. Yeah. So we're very grateful that we had this therapy, and I, you know, and I would recommend people get it. Um, I, you know, then of course we got, then we had ninety days to wait before we could get vaccinated. So, you know, I feel pretty comfortable where I am, mm -hmm. um, and I'm planning on getting the booster when it's available as well. Mm. You know, I'm not that might not be right for everyone, but. Oh, I'm going to go for it. Good for you. So, well, I think the important thing is you have a choice, and uh, that's right. that's exactly. what I that's exactly. exactly what I appreciate about the governor's uh, system here, process for for dealing with this in in uh, Florida. Uh, it, what, actually, apparently, you you get uh, this infuse, uh, 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 you have uh, drops into your you know your blood you're into your system for for the course of about an hour, as you said, and then you get four shots in different parts of your body, as I understand it. Well, that's. But that's an alternative therapy. You don't have both. You don't? Um, I'm not so sure about the shots because I don't like shots. I didn't mind the infusion. Either <laughs> way, it, it, it works, um, and it doesn't take a lot of your time. So I, I, for me, that was a good, uh, a good therapy. Yeah. And, and, I, and everyone that I've talked to, and I've talked to a number of people who have had the uh, antibodies, and they have all had the same good outcome. I don't know if you heard about the hit piece that the AP uh, had on uh, Governor DeSantis, but they basically said that, look, uh, this Daisy Vera Shingham, uh, 
uh, I guess is... Uh, well, that was uh, the, the fact that he accepted a campaign contribution from the maker of Regeneron. Exactly. So, now, I, now, the thing about that is that's ridiculous. Governor DeSantis is raising money hand over fist all over the country from so many businesses, so many organizations, so many people. It's, it's mind-boggling because they like his policies. Um, the, the maker of Regeneron is just one of many, and I, it absolutely, in my opinion, has nothing to do with this um, initiative that the governor has undertaken to, to set up these clinics. I, nothing to do with it because it works. Right, and and I, you know, and I think, I think anyone that is chastising him for doing this is just doing it for political motivation. Um, it has nothing to do with the actual fact of this is a treatment, and at this point, the only treatment that seems to be uh, for to to, to basically uh, combat the. Uh, COVID-19. Absolutely. Well, the fact of the matter is that Citadel apparently uh, owns a small portion or a small percentage of the stock or a small percentage of its portfolio. This is a hedge fund. He apparently has shares in Citadel, and so therefore they're accusing him of uh, <laughs> sucking up to Citadel. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> if, you put your, if, you, if you put your 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 money in a retirement plan that, pit, that, that picks stocks or whatever, it, Likely, you're gonna have some shares in something that that you know maybe a contributor, but I, I don't think he has time to sit there and figure all that out and and deliberately and intentionally. Oh, I'm gonna pick this company over that company because it's in my portfolio. I, he's too busy to worry about all that. Honestly, I think it's just it's politics, and and anyone who believes this. Uh, is gonna the people that are politically against him are gonna believe it, and the people that are supporting him aren't. So yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. You're absolutely right. Again, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're gonna visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape 
by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app by visiting choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin, up in communist I'll territory. Tell you. <laughs> Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Boo. I'll tell you, coming back to Wisconsin after being in Florida for 10 days, coming back here is just tedious because they have now, Dane County, where we live in downtown Madison, <coughs> they have the mask mandate back in full bloom. So you've got to wear a mask every time you go indoors. It's just crazy, and I don't understand why they just cherry-pick certain areas the rest of the state does not have it. Mm -hmm. So how effective is it when you only have one county that has a mask mandate and three-quarters of the state does not? You know, that's what I really appreciate about the governor. He's basically saying, look, uh, we've got this thing under control. Go about your business. Take care of your business. Uh, no masks in school. Uh, I, I just really appreciate the fact that he's not kowtowing to the uh, uh, flames of fear that are being fanned by the uh, mainstream media. I agree. And, you know, he's playing hard, hardball with them in Florida. And it's, it's a little risky, I think, um, because some of the school districts are ignoring him. Yeah. And they're going, I don't care. We're going to defy him. We're, we're, you got to wear the mask anyway. And uh, there were two polls that were held in Florida that were... Uh, released yesterday, one says 66% of Floridians agree with the CDC and they, with the recommendation that teachers, staff, and students wear masks. Okay, 66% of Floridians say, yeah, kids got to wear masks. But 51% of Floridians said parents should be allowed to make the decision. I guess those two uh, polls kind of coincide because they're basically they're saying we hope that parents will uh, make the decision to send their kids to school with a mask on. I guess that's the point of view. I, I frankly think this whole thing has just been uh, way overdone, quite frankly. And uh, I think DeSantis has made the right decision. Let's We are the first uh, state to get kids into brick-and-mortar schools last year. 80% of our kids ended up going to school full-time in Florida. That was not the case in most states across the nation, quite frankly. So, no. So uh, I think he's making good decisions, and now he's provided this uh, Regeneron, this uh, therapeutic that uh, 
knocks the heck out of a COVID-19 if you get it. Uh, he suggests taking this because it's at no cost, and there's sites all around the state now, and you can go get this therapy. And uh, I just talked to our state senator, Kathleen Pasadoma, said that she got it, and she said she was fine in just a matter of days. Where do you get Regeneron? So uh, it's a, it's a uh, therapeutic, and it's available in sites across the state. We now have at least 15 uh, sites around the state. We have one on Benita, up in Benita Springs on Pine Street, I think it is, in the old library. Mm. So you, you make a, an appointment. You go up there. You, uh, you, uh, you don't need a doctor's prescription. You just go up there, they, and you get the, the therapy. takes about an hour, and you're done. Wow. Well, uh, we probably don't have that up here in the tundra. <laughs> it's so crazy. And, you know, I'll tell you what we do have. You know, we have a huge uh, old military base called Fort McCoy. And they are bringing thousands and thousands of uh, Afghan um, refugees, which is great. That's fine. But none of these Afghans are getting the shots, the mm -hmm. vaccines, as well as all these migrants coming across, immigrants coming across the southern states. How, why is that? If there is an abundance of vaccines, why aren't they giving them, giving them out by the bucket loads? It gets worse. We've got I mean, all these people streaming into this country unvaccinated. As I understand it, 15% uh, of the people that come in from Mexico across that border uh, have COVID. So uh, it, and then they stick them on buses and planes and and send them around the United States. You know, it's kind of a it's so it's so hypocritical that uh, they say have mask mandates and uh, get everybody vaccinated and so forth, and yet they're allowing this problem to occur uh, through immigrants, illegal immigrants in, in some cases. It's just a shame. Well, and now they're going to bring all these uh, Afghan refugees in, and the same thing is going to happen. I just don't get it. You know, we're forcing our kids to wear masks. I mean, we're, there's, there's such inconsistency in all of this. It's kind of it's a, like a joke, but it's very, you know, it's turned out to be very polarizing because people are mad at others that aren't getting the vaccine. You know, people that are getting the vaccine are taking the moral high road. This all, whole thing is just so convoluted. It's just a mess. It really is, and now we're going to have a apartheid, healthcare apartheid. <laughs> the unvaccinated will be separated from the uh, vaccinated uh, and be treated differently. It's just so interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's I, I, crazy. I, and I think they're just fanning the flames. I, I wouldn't surprise me if we see that uh, COVID uh, has a reduction in the next few weeks here in Collier County. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a spike and then it goes down. No, it could happen. Um, there's got to be good news somewhere. Oh, I know. The Paralympics are going on in Japan this week. Now, tell me I about that. I think that's cool. Yeah. So uh, the Paralympics, that would be the people who are uh, uh, physically disabled? Handicapped. Handicapped. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, and they're going on. It's going on, I believe, in the same location in Japan. But, you know, people with disabilities, and some of them are fairly severe, that they work and train hard enough to become an Olympic athlete. How cool is that? It's very cool. In fact, I don't know if you've seen this video uh, that I saw, 
but apparently this girl who was born with no legs, uh, she was left in the hospital by her parents. She was adopted by this family in the United States, and she wanted to be an Olympian. She wanted to be a gymnast with no legs. You should wow. see what she could do. And it turns out that she is the sister, uh, 99% factual, that she is the sister of her idol when she was a kid, a uh, uh, great Olympian from uh, Eastern Europe. Nadia Comaneci? Not that one. It's another one, and I don't recall the name. But the point being, okay. and, and you see her perform and what she can do. It's just unbelievable. So, oh, isn't that awe-inspiring? It is so inspiring. You know, we think about our limitations, and poor me, we can't do this, we can't do that. And she's born with no legs, and she says, I'm going to be a gymnast. <laughs> How exciting is that? It shows you the power of positive thinking. That is, there's nothing that you can't do if you really put your mind to it. You also have to That's, you have to acknowledge that family who supported her in her dreams. They basically, they didn't say you can't do that. Don't even, you know. In other words, the whole support system around her had to be so favorable to to support her line of thinking, and she was so determined. And she is performing performing on a national level. It's just unbelievable. In, in uh, I, I wish I had more details that I didn't, don't recall right now, but it was just so inspiring. It is, and there's so many other athletes maybe that don't have that uh, severe a uh, disability, but have disabilities nonetheless. And again, the, the dedication, the focus, the pain, um, and how driven they are to get to that level. You know, they're elite athletes. I think that's just phenomenal. I do, too. But your point about the Paralympics in, in Japan, I think that's pretty cool, too, because uh, I would imagine that this competition, it's not like a, you know, everybody gets a trophy type of thing. I would imagine it's real competition in these sports. Oh, yeah, it's not that. Well, thank you for participating. Everybody gets a trophy. No, they don't do that. Yeah. This uh, is competitive. You win or you lose. Yeah, that's pretty cool, boo. Well, this is so we got to think of. There's got to be some positive glimmers of hope out there. In fact, there have to be lots of them, despite what we're hearing in the news. Absolutely, Boo. I always so. This is my recommendation. Okay. Turn your TV off. Turn the TV off, and just look for the good stuff. I like it, Boo Mortensen. Again, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. 
That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you, too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com the link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to bobharden at hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise. Right now we have with us the founder and president of Less Government, Seton Motley. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. <clears throat> Tell us about less government. Uh, we just reduced the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and the Biden administration does not. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it's an aspiration, though, Seton. So uh, you wrote a great column. It's on uh, lessgovernment.org. Another big tech crony free ride that needs to end. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, there's, a, there's been a universal service fund um, that of course, has transmogrified over the years a couple times without congressional action, which is unconstitutional. But anyway, that way back in the 1930s, under Franklin Delano Roosevelt and the New Deal, they created the Universal Service Fund, where they tried to get everybody in the country connected to a landline phone line. And it never got to be universal because it's government. And I think it peaked, um, was it 2000? I think in 2000, with 90% had a landline phone line. And then, of course, it started declining. It, we got below 90% and downward because of cell phones. Right. Well, then the Federal Communications Commission, which, is, which runs the Universal Service Fund, said, well, we should expand it to cell phones because... We've got to keep up with the times. Now, okay, if you want to do that, Congress should be involved, but of course they weren't. So they expanded it to, so, to cell phones. And I don't know if you recall way back in 2008, the Obama phone debacle. Oh, yeah. Or tw- 2012, or I think it was 2012. The Obama phone debacle where that video of the woman came up and he gives us free phones and he's going to do more. And they expanded his cell phones and, of course, much corruption came along with it, and people were getting five, six, and seven phones. And even a Democrat senator, uh, Claire McCaskill, who was a millionaire, and her husband was very successful. She was a Democrat. She wasn't 
as awful as a lot of Democrats, and she tested the system. She was on a relevant committee in the Senate, and she applied for Obama phone and got uh, for a cell phone and got it. Wow! They're just issuing them like a Pez dispenser because you got paid if you were a, dis- a distributor. You got paid per cell phone distributed. Wow! Which of course removed all incentives to check any, you know, qualifications. So anyway, then of course. They expanded, oh, we, internet connections, we need hard-line internet connections for everybody. We're going to expand the Universal Service Fund to broadband, to internet, to hard-line connections, again, without congressional approval. Well, the, the tax is set up to go up automatically every quarter, and it can go up anytime three FCC commissioners vote to raise it. Wow. Well, um, it only applies to, to land, it, it's a tax on your landline phone, for those of you who still have one, and your cell phone. It is now, and it goes up quarterly, over 34% in the second quarter of 2021. Holy moly. Yeah, it's a gigantic tax. And, of course, <clears throat> it's, it's totally on cell phone companies, basically, and hardline companies, such as they are. And I think most of the, there's been, uh, you know, uh, such consolidation is that most of the cell phone companies are the landline telephone companies. Right. So anyway, guess who gets a free ride on all this universal service fund tax? The big tech companies. Hmm. Um, of course, the big tech companies would have to pay it themselves rather than passing it along to customers. Because remember, big tech companies give you stuff for free. Right. And therefore, they'd have to eat the costs rather than passing it along to their customers. So they've, I'm sure, I don't know this directly specifically, but I'm sure they've lobbied to keep them out from under paying anything into the Universal Service Fund. Right. And I'm just saying, and there's three Republican senators that are uh, p- proposed a bill, and there's an FCC commissioner, Republican, of course, Brendan Carr, who has come forward and said, well, the big tech companies have become trillion-dollar companies on the Internet. Perhaps they should kick into this fund, this government fund, which is now taxing $10 billion a year. And, of course, that's a tiny, you know, the, Google has that in their petty cash drawer, right. um, $10 billion. Um, it's, it's a pittance to these companies, uh, but they've lobbied to keep out from under, but again, I'm guessing, uh, they don't want to pay it. Uh, nobody wants to pay tax, including the richest companies in the world. But I think if you're going to tax, again, like with net neutrality, it applies to the relatively minuscule Internet providers, which wireless companies are, but not the biggest companies in the history of the planet, big tech companies. Wow. So, too, with this universal service tax, uh, the, the cell phone companies have to pay it, but big tech doesn't, and I think it's absurd. It certainly is, but I still, I'm still dwelling on this whole notion of a 30% tax. That we're oh, yeah, and it's going to get 34%. It goes up every quarter oh, automatically. My, oh, my gosh. I just can't believe it. And it's, of look, course, at your, look at your next cell phone bill. Yeah, I will. I, never, I don't look at it, but I guess, and of course, it's probably called a fee, not a tax. Right. They, they, nobody wants to call it a tax. 
it's called a fee. It's called a contribution to the you know to the fund. You're making a contribution to the fund. But I, I didn't look it up in the dictionary. But I think contribution connotates some sort of choice you've made. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> this this is not a choice you've made. Uh, it's like contributing your taxes, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're voluntary. Yeah, you don't have to pay them. Extortion is what it is. Unbelievable. Yeah. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I just can't believe all the things that are going on in, in, in the world right now. But I really appreciate your bringing this issue to our attention because I have a lot of things to think about, but I wasn't thinking about my telephone contribution. <laughs> look, look, yeah, your contribution. Because you're so generous, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Visit lessgovernment.org. Lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's also the author of Greetings from Paradise. We're going to be doing that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Linda Harden, the author of Greetings from Paradise. Also, my wife, Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I think us. the wife part is the most important. It certainly is to me. <laughs> but I forgot what we're going to talk about. Well, you know what? Um, we were talking off air about um, the, CIA, the CIA director, Burns, going to meet with the 
oh, with yeah. the head of the Taliban, which which is just freaky. Me, I, did, me, I, did, I, I I never saw that. Maybe you could tell us about it. What happened? Well, um, yeah, it's gone under the radar, except, you know, Fox is just like, oh, by the way, the head of the CIA met with the, with the Taliban, and um, there is so much... There is so much information that's that's going through the radar the right now about everything that's going on in Afghanistan. It's just freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know where to start. The CIA director meeting with Burns. Nobody can figure out why the 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 Taliban um, leader used to be um, in Gitmo. In Gitmo, everything everything that's happening right now is just beyond. Bizarre, and of course, uh, this what a what a complete travesty this whole Afghanistan Afghanistan uh, uh, situation is. And so, right now, the president is pivoting to the pandemic. He doesn't know where he is, by the way. Well, he's pivoting to the pandemic, and uh, now that FDA just by coincidence now has approved uh, the Pfizer vaccine. To me, this is just absurd. This is so political. How could the FDA, which is supposed to be an independent organization looking out after our health and well-being, decide to approve it yesterday in line with uh, the motivation the president has right now that if every, everybody now should get vaccinated? So let's just go let's just go on that topic for a minute. Um, I am so angry with all these quote-unquote doctors that appear on television. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Foxy and or whatever. It's all about pushing the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, keep in mind that everybody that goes into the hospital, I don't care if you go in there with a heart attack, pneumonia, or everything, it, they're all counted as COVID. We're going back, we're circling back, to use Jen Psaki's term, to the same thing that was a year ago, putting fear in, and intrepidation into the minds of everyone saying, um, oh my goodness, we have to be so afraid you have to get vaccinated for a virus yeah. that is 99% survivable, better odds than the regular flu. They are hiding the fact that they are, they are making all the deaths in hospitals, COVID deaths, to ramp up fear so people will get vaccinated. These doctors on TV should have their medical licenses revoked. <laughs> so, yeah. be, you know why? Because, because they're, they've become political hacks. And and guess what? I don't know about you, but for me, it makes me, you know what how I feel about doctors anyway. I don't trust them. But this just makes it worse. Yeah. That the medical community, the FDA, the CDC which we know is corrupt. But all this is just they can't they are just putting out this political message. You have to get vaccinated. You have to get vaccinated. You have to get vaccinated. Meanwhile, look at what's happened to the people just the people that, that that in our little circle, what what has happened to? I know it's true. So, uh, and of course, the president right now, after this uh, travesty of, in Afghanistan, has really pounced on this whole FDA approval thing. Now, everybody should be vaccinated. He's saying that the companies across the nation should all have their employees get vaccinated. Meanwhile, guess what? The, all these unions, firefighters' unions, police unions. Are telling him to go pound sand. They say we're not doing it. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah, that's so encouraging. See, here's the thing: if if it's the right thing to do, why can't we use logic and convince people through uh, you know through facts rather than uh, using political power and trying to force people to do something they don't want to do? Oh, by the way, and guess what? These doctors and most doctors don't even mention. 
when talking about masks, when talking about the vaccine, God gave us a perfect immune system. Right. We have an immune system. If God, if God, when He created us in in all of in as per as in His perfect image, thought we needed mass, we would have been born with mass. Mass. This mass. <laughs> That's a good point. This mass thing is so freaking bizarre because because as a, a video I sent to you the other day by by a, a medical professional. Are the mouths are, are the dirtiest part of our body? Yeah. And to put masks on, which by the way, on the side of the most of the boxes of masks say they don't do anything to prevent anything. Right. And they're made in China, by the way. You're you're making your body inhale all the unhealthy toxins that you're supposed to be exhaling. It's ex- a way, exhaling. It's the way we get rid of waste in our bodies. So but- so let me just say this. I had an I had a um, email argument with a friend last night, which said. I predicted this a year ago. You make all the people afraid by putting masks on. So people are wearing masks um, all the time, anywhere. Some people eight hours a day or longer. Guess what that does? It it um, suppresses your immune it system. It says it suppresses your immune system. So guess what happens when you take it off? I said. I think I said to you. I know I said to a bunch of other people. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. When everybody starts getting sick again, when the masks come off, mm-hmm. and guess why that'll happen? Because their immune system has been whacked out, and they're going to be susceptible to anything under the sun. And then everybody's going to count it as a resurgence of COVID. And here, what do we have? A resurgence of COVID, quote unquote, labeled under the Delta variant, which, by the way, they don't even have a test for. Yeah, it's it's just uh, unbelievable right now. Just just the example that I cited to you yesterday of someone. That that we know, she had she was double vaccinated in May. She has to wear a mask all the time while she works. Guess what she just came down with? COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wake up, people. Yeah. So, uh, and, and here's the point. Uh, notice that the flu uh, occurrence of flu in the United States is way down. And as I understand it, this PCR test doesn't differentiate between the flu and COVID-19. So all these tests that are positive for COVID-19 are probably reflecting cases of the flu. Not only that, these PCR tests are ramped up so high that they're able to pick up anything, any little thing that you've had for years before, any little thing, whether you suffered with it or not. They purposely, this this is just the most evil thing that has ever happened to humanity, that these people, they don't care. They don't care who they kill, who they put out of business, anything, in order, to, in order for them to have power. Well, I think Rand Paul had the solution. He says, you know what? Just defy this stuff. They can't put us all in jail. <laughs> yeah, but think, but think of the travesty that these, these women, some of these women who are totally, quote-unquote, woke, are having their little babies with masks on. I know. They're, and then they went, oh, wait, children are getting sick. Seriously? Guess why? Because you're destroying your child's immune system by putting masks on them and not letting them breathe. That's absolutely true. Sorry for getting so animated. But it, you know what? It just, it just is, it's so obvious to me what has happened here. And, and there are people out there who just like, oh, wait, the government told me to, to, to do this. Oh, President Biden, he must know best. Really? He can't even find his way into the White House. So, hey, listen, I'm changing topics here, but before I let you go, I, I want to uh, just get an, any update you may have on the audits and what's going on 
Well, uh, well that's, that's another thing. I mean, um, the updates that we have on the audits coming out of Arizona, the numbers are not just in the thousands. They're in the tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots. And, and it's supposed to be earth-shattering. And, and the diversion between, um, and, and that's, that's just in Arizona. But the Seth Ketchell that we watch on, on Bannon, um, he's, he's, um, he's used to be in the Army, um, but he's, he's found... Is he the guy that drops warheads on foreheads? Yes, that's it. <laughs> so, so, so he has found millions and millions illegal voting. Yeah, I understand there's 15 uh, million unaccounted for mail-in ballots across the nation. That was one statistic I saw yesterday. So just so you know, too, uh, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, had some breaking news. He's got whistleblowers from Dominion that are coming forward to say how they've been trying to, to um, go out and, and wipe all these machines clean. Um, look in Pennsylvania. These guys, who are rhinos, by the way, are trying to hide from any audit up there. They're, you know what? I don't know if I told you this before. I probably did. But I don't know who are the good guys or the bad guys anymore with the Republicans and Democrats. I'm serious. Mm. We've got, we've got, we, know, we know most of the Democrats are, are, um, are the bad guys. But we've got people in the Repo- Republican Party who are seriously part of this whole, this whole cabal. Yeah, out of touch. It's, so, it's just amazing. No, not just out of touch. They are part of this. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, Byron Donalds is a good guy. We know Jim Jordan is a good guy. Um, we know Rand Paul is a good guy. We know Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene is a, is a good person. By the way, she's trying to impeach uh, Biden again, and she's got a, she's got a uh, signature list going to, of people in Congress who are going along with this. So. But, but, you know, who, who on the Republican side are, are the bad guys, too? It's very scary these days. It is indeed leadership. We have a dearth of leadership in the United States right now. And uh, as Donald Trump once said, uh, do you miss me now? Well, we certainly do. We want, uh, we'd like to get his leadership and his vision uh, back. I loved, I loved his, his uh, comment at the rally. By the way, with 45,000 people yep. there, and, and when he said everything that woke is turns, turns to, to blank. Turns to crap, absolutely. Linda, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Good interview there. All right. Uh, I hope you join us tomorrow. That's a, a wrap on today's show. Tomorrow we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, Andrew Joppa is a professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and uh, author of several books, 10 books, I believe it is, uh, uh, Why How Humans Are Truly Exceptional is his latest. It's a great read. Always appreciate hearing from you. Uh, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.